Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, welcome to Camera Obscura. I am Andrew, and with me I have uh, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be your hosts. Um, first, I want us to just kind of go ahead and introduce ourselves and explain who we are. Uh, and then we're going to get into what the show is and kind of the things that we're going to be discussing on this show. Uh, so, Charlie, if you'd like to go first, feel free. Yeah, so uh, I'm Charlie. I'm a history major with a special interest in uh, in sort of weird and obscure film and uh, from pretty much all over the world. But I, I tend to like a lot of like uh, uh, sort of mid mid 1970s. Uh, art film and a lot of like weirder foreign stuff definitely um yeah so um i'm also a uh, oh i i actually just just graduated from college um and um i've always enjoyed movies but it's never been like super interesting thing for me but um, I've always wanted to get more involved in watching films and learning more about like kind of the technique and, you know, all the different uh, styles and the different art involved with it. And uh, this quarantine has kind of given me that opportunity. I've been watching a lot of movies and uh, I, I definitely think it's I, I definitely feel like it's a, a sort of open people's like uh, taste because uh, I just think a lot of um a lot of people i know who weren't super into film have ended up getting into film through the quarantine just because like uh sort of you've been people have been able to consume so much more media in such a rapid amount of time than if they were working your standard job or sort of uh, existing in like the pre-quarantine world definitely like I know, uh, I mean, we've known each other for a while and you've always given me film recommendations, but it's always just sort of been like, yeah, like I'll, I'll try to get around to watching it sometime. And like, I never really ever got around to it just because it was with school or working, uh, just was never convenient. But now with all this free time that I have, uh, I was actually able to go back and finally watch all these movies. And it really like opened everything up for me. Because, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think that another I think that another thing is like when people don't have a base for film, they're sort of freaked out to consume a lot of the harder stuff. Yeah, definitely. If that makes sense. Like a lot of the the more confusing and more sort of um, nuanced film yeah. and sort of more of the hard to find stuff. And, and those movies are definitely like you have to prepare yourself before you watch them. Like it's not just sort of like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going to throw on Stalker and check this out like that you have to like really go in knowing that like all right i'm gonna have to pay attention and like this is like a three hour long movie and like what it's in another language like you know you're gonna have to really like prepare yourself to consume it as opposed to like bring on like you know i don't know star wars or something which you know star wars is has its own merits involved but when it comes to consuming yeah especially you have to especially really... with something like stalker where you end up feeling where it's like the script of that movie is two pages long it's it, it like not a, not a lot is said yeah. but a lot is portrayed right. in that film yeah that, um, that's but... but i was just gonna say you know like i've you know like i've always kind of like followed movies i've you know i was i'm really big into like a24 stuff which is like you know it is what it is i like it but um 
it's, yeah, it's think, good I stuff. Think the A24 is a great, I think it's a great vehicle for introducing people to film. And yeah, like definitely. Film that's outside of your traditional your traditional wheelhouse it, because I know a bunch of people who have gotten into movies because of A24. Yeah, it, that was definitely like what it was for me is like, uh, I think the first A24 film I saw was like Ex Machina. And uh, that was a really, I really enjoyed it, you know, I, and at the time I didn't know like what A24 was. It was just, I think I saw the movie recommended to me on Reddit or something. And I just, and I saw that it was streaming somewhere. So I just, I picked it, I like decided to watch it and I really liked it. Uh, and then as more and more movies came out, I think The Witch was the next one I saw. And that was sort of what opened me up to like what A24 is and what they do. And then also like what movies can be. Because like, you know, I was always, you know, I, I love Star Wars growing up, uh, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff. But I never got like kind of outside yeah. sort of the mainstream uh, purview of movies. But uh, specifically during this yeah, quarantine, definitely... I have... I definitely think that there's been that 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 A24 and sort of more cerebral film have opened up uh, a world to uh, a lot of people, like a lot of a lot of films. Because I know that like certain people who were like I, I was not a huge horror fan growing up. Like my parents aren't big horror fans, so when we ended up, I ended up sort of watching some of A24s horror films and the sort of cerebral horror and being like oh this is what horror is as opposed to like what i was sort of growing up around which right. are, you know the paranormal activities the saws those those movies yeah. that are like you'll never sleep ever again <laughs> um and then you know when i was like 15 or 16 i ended up going back and watching a lot of like the older stuff like rosemary's baby which admittedly my mom is still to this day terrified of <laughs> and uh rosemary's baby and i ended up seeing the exorcist which was like such a transcendental film for me and really really changed my 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 taste a lot uh because it is one of those films that i think that to the to the to the average consumer has a ha, doesn't have much merit doesn't have much sort of mm -hmm. uh, analysis to it but once you get into the, the deeper sides of that and the cultural context of it i think it's an incredibly important film yeah definitely. even if it's not to, to many people's taste yeah, which I think uh, I think leads really well into our, our our discussion for today and the film that that you and I both watched, which is Robert Altman's 1975 film, uh, which is funnily enough considered his 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 sort of masterpiece, uh, Nashville. Right. Um, which neither of us had seen before. Yeah, and, uh, it's actually this the is your first. This is. I was gonna say yeah, it's the first Altman film that I've seen. So. Yeah, so this is my third Altman film I have seen. Before that, I had previously seen Popeye when I was young and then when I was a little bit older um, because my mom loves Robin Williams. And then uh, <laughs> I, I had also recently watched um, uh, 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 Brewster McCloud yeah. after seeing a preview for it at uh, the Austin Film Society. And I was unable to go, uh, but... I think a friend ended up going and he mm -hmm. said it was a great screening and that the, the, um, the, um, restoration of it is really nice. Yeah. I don't know which restoration I saw of that particular film. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's one I definitely want to check out soon just cause it is set in Houston, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. And we're, we're a Houston based podcast. Right. And it's just, you don't really see that this city shown off a lot in movies. Like I know there's a couple, but, you know, movies are kind of an LA yeah, and New York thing. 
yeah the list the list for houston based movies is pretty small and the couple movies that i've seen that are based in houston or shot in the greater houston area are um are sort of you have to you have to pick and choose the other one that's really great that no one ever talks about is um student bodies which is filmed out uh out in like a bel the bel air area mm -hmm. and uh is like a it's like a pre-scary movie scary movie interesting um, okay it's 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 actually it's really fun. I I'll have I, to look that up. We might actually have to have a we, we might actually have to have a discussion about that movie. For sure. I think it's I think it's kind of like a forgotten a forgotten <laughs> gem. Like mm -hmm. in the truest sense, in the sense that like not even film like weird film nerds talk about it. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll definitely have to look into that. The, one of the only other ones I can think of is uh I think my mom was watching uh TV the other day and Urban Cowboy came on with John Travolta. And it's it's filmed yeah, in my, Pasadena, my, and my mom is from Pasadena, my mom, so seeing all that stuff. My mom and my sister just watched that, and that was also when my mom found out that my sister like fucking despises John Travolta, <laughs> <laughs> which is like hilarious because my sister's like, I hate John Travolta, he's, and my mom's like, How can you hate John Travolta? And I'm like, He's kind of a piece of shit. He's though. he's a weird guy for sure. I don't know. He is a super <laughs> weird guy. Um, but it was kind of cool because I, I like that movie being filmed down the street from like my grandparents' house. So it's like my mom was showing scenes and she was like, oh, like, look, look, look. And, you know, they drive past and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's the quick car and like all these restaurants and stuff that like are still there or like I recognize the street or where they used to be. So, like, you know, I didn't finish the movie. I'll have to go back and watch it sometime. But it was just kind of interesting seeing Houston or the greater Houston area kind of represented uh, in movies. Yeah, uh, Brewster, Brewster McCloud is really funny about that because I, I literally spent, like, half that movie paused trying to figure out intersections they were at. Yeah. Because it's filmed, like, around the U of H campus. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have um, to look into that. Yeah, so, like, you, you get, like, some some scenes from, like, the Greater Third Ward area. Um, and and it's, it's really funny. Uh, the, other, the other one that I've been meaning to check out is, um, is I, I saw it, uh, Arlington Road. I have not heard of that. Which is, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Is it? Yeah, there it is. It's got it's got like a young Jeff Bridges in it okay. and Joan Cusack. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it's from 1999. It's uh it was um it was filmed in Pearland. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's like super funny that is funny um but i i've been i've been meaning to check it out just but i've, I've heard it's just like your fairly standard like uh you know jeff bridges joan cusack 2000s thriller yeah. but i mean it's so. interesting for it being so close to home but uh definitely before we go too far off to, off base uh let's get into nashville so like you said uh robert altman 1975 sort of considered his his best work um at least from what i've yeah. heard uh, i can't say personally but it was i mean i just first off i want to say it's a really good movie uh but there's definitely like a lot going on um it is uh, it feels it feels like the start of a mini series as opposed to like like most of the movie feels like you're watching like the first episode of a mini series and normally you would expect it to cut off at like about the hour mark right and you know go into the next step 
but instead it's nearly three hours long and yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of tries to wrap everything up really rapidly. Yeah. Um, which, which admittedly it does. Um, yeah, but I, the I, ending, I mean, obviously we'll get into later, but it's an interesting film. Yeah. It's definitely getting into like sort of the mini series. Yeah. Like it starts off and like, you could definitely turn this into like an episodic thing. Cause you know, it takes the place over a couple of days and there's, you know, 24 main characters build. Like there's absolutely so many things going on. Um, not just like on screen, but you know, with the themes and like the things that they're trying to talk about in the film. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the first hour I was a lot, little overwhelmed. There's, yeah. There's a lot of plot threads that go into this film. Like, uh, a, a lot like at, at times uh i think that it i think that it sort of intends for you to at times forget characters names right. because as soon as i was i would be like who is that then they would casually remind another character of what they're doing there yeah um so it, it, the writing is a little bit it's not bad like no. i wouldn't i wouldn't call it bad i would actually call it like considerably pretty good for what they're trying to juggle yeah. But it, it can be a bit of an overwhelming movie. Yeah. I definitely at times felt very overwhelmed. Yeah, I think uh, by the time, you know, I figured out everybody's names probably about like the halfway point because I kind of made it a point to like pause and I would go like read and be like, okay, like who is this person? Just so I could like follow it better. And, it, you know, it helped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's pretty impressive like how well, considering it is at two hours and 40 minutes, just under about three hours how many people are involved and how well Altman is able to like keep everybody in place. And, you know, like you'll see a scene with like a portion of the cast and then you'll immediately cut to like the same time frame, someone or, like another group of people doing something tangentially related. And it's just always going back and forth. Yeah. It never like stops, which is kind of nice, especially considering how much is yeah, going it, on. It, it definitely it definitely, I would probably consider it like an epic film in terms yeah. of its, uh, in terms of its scale. Definitely, um, like I, I would, I would say it's like uh, it feels like a little bit like some of Paul Thomas Anderson's stuff, mainly Magnolia and Boogie mm -hmm. Nights, which I mean, obviously uh, Anderson's pulling from Altman yeah. rather than Altman pulling from Anderson. Um, but I definitely think that if you're a fan of of any of that, that the sort of bigger films, the the Magnolias or uh, the Boogie Nights, I think that it, it'll fall very well into your sort of taste and designation. Yeah, and it's you're a you're a big you're a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Did you did you pick up on that? Did you feel um, that way? So, uh, not exactly. I mean, I've seen some of Paul Thomas Anderson stuff, and I've enjoyed it, uh, but I just haven't. I guess. Yeah. I haven't, I, so I haven't seen Magnolia or Boogie Nights yet, but I've seen like yeah. The Master. I've seen, uh, what's the most recent one that he had that just came out? Uh, Phantom Thread. And Phantom Thread. There's another one I've seen, uh, one of his uh, more recent films. But um, no, uh, I definitely like reading. Not, see, that's one I, I've been trying to watch. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look what it is. But it. Uh, uh, Inherent Vice? No, I can't remember, but uh, yeah. that was definitely like I was when I was I was kind of reading about this, this movie, like after I finished it and people were saying, yeah, like this is what Paul Thomas Anderson like wants his movies to be. You know, Paul Thomas Anderson makes good movies, so I'm not going to try and 
you know, slam him or anything like that. But uh, this movie is definitely, like you said, like an epic uh, when it comes to like its yeah. scale. And um, it's definitely like this movie is also considered sort of like a quintessential American film. And it definitely has like, I mean, it's mid seventies. It's in that era kind of where, you know, it's past, you know, the golden age of Hollywood and like, you kind of get this huge scale and just all the shots feel very American. If that makes sense. Like you feel like you're there and it's just, I don't know. It's very big. It feels very, it's, it's like a docudrama. It feels very much based in reality. Yeah. Um, uh, I, the other thing that I, I really think that's interesting to point out is, uh, so so the film, the main context of the film, the main theme of the film, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, is really just like a discussion and a remediation on the American dream. Yeah, I mean, I, could, I definitely um, see that. So so we so with that, most of these films that take place and want to discuss the American dream are either set in cultural capitals mm-hmm. like your Hollywood or like your you know your new york city right and to choose to rather to center that in a in a in a very american cultural capital in the sense of um, most of the music that is being produced in nashville at this time and even now is uniquely consumed by americans yes like hollywood has a global scale new york has a global scale Mm -hmm. um but this is like a very, very American story. Mm-hmm. This is very uniquely American. And I think that's one of the things that really, um, really, really serves the film well is that it, it is so, fo- so hyper focused on not a, necessarily a discussion on global identity right. and the American global identity, but the American internal identity. Yeah. And I think is very, very interesting. And, and Nashville is like really fitting because, you know, like, of the fact that, you know, country music was very popular at that time. Um, Mm. Not to mention, you know, people from all over the country go to Nashville to try to make it uh, when it comes to music. It's sort of, I mean, it is like the LA for country and Western singers um, as opposed to going, like being an actor and going to LA. Um, You go to Nashville if you want to make it big. Um, And I mean, it's, you know, even today, like, uh, I grew up listening to country music, so like I have, you know, my I enjoy it. But you know, even today, Nashville, you know, the sort of the hierarchy in that city have a huge control over what gets played on the radio. You know, not just you know in Nashville, but in all over the country. So, um, for a film to be looking at sort of what the American dream is, uh, to choose a city like Nashville as opposed to like. Um, New York or LA is, I mean, it's, it's appropriate. It's not like out of place or anything like that. Definitely. I, I, I also think that it's like, uh, I think that, that Altman is at least from what I've, at least from his, uh, Brewster McLeod is very interested in the Southern identity mm-hmm. and like very interested in like presentations of different Southern cultures. I also don't know if you, if uh, the, so, so we'll, discussing this i think i think we can bring up that one particular scene at the end right. the final scene yeah. which if you haven't seen the film i guess now's a good time to say if you haven't seen the film i think we both recommend this film yeah so, i mean I'd, I'd recommend this for sure if you if you want to definitely recommend yeah go ahead oh sorry you got i was gonna say if you want to like you know like as someone including myself that's trying to uh get more involved in film and american film and 
just the art form in general. If you want to get, you know, if you want to learn more about American film, this is definitely one you should see. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things to take away from it uh, with commentary, but even just to like throw it on and kind of enjoy the performances, there's a lot of musical scenes involved, uh, lots of singing. It's an enjoyable film outside of just everything that it's trying to say. So I'd, you know, I'd recommend it if you have the three hours to spend watching it, go ahead. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, so that's another question that I saw a lot of people bring up and we'll return to my earlier point, like, but, but you bring up the idea of music in this movie. And I've seen a lot of people argue that this film is like full stop, um, a, a musical, and I think I think that that's a really interesting. Did you did you consider when you were watching this movie? Did, would you have considered it a musical? Um, it's like, see, I don't know because there's just so much. It's hard to really like pin it down in like one thing because you know, like obviously, music is a big part of the movie. You know, it has all the music that's written in it is original and performed by the actors. Um, and there's a lot of songs mm. it's not just like one or two scenes like I think there's like a at like kind of the halfway point there's like a 20 minute scene where it's just music performances like they're playing at the Grand Ole yeah Opry. it's it is it so is, like so so this is so it's a we keep talking about the length of the film uh there's roughly an hour worth of music in this right. movie alone so which I think is I think is very impressive oh yeah especially considering you know uh, how much is going on, like what they have to do on screen. And just also, I think it's really impressive that, you know, all the people performing are actors. It's not like singer songwriters that they had like come in and record for it. Like these are all like just, I mean, not normal people, but people who aren't necessarily trained in singing, performing. And it's hard, it's hard not to extract that and not see it as a musical, but there's just so much going on. It's, I don't want to pin it just sort of in that one. Yeah, it's kind of that's that's the interesting thing is like I I would I would maybe consider this a musical, but I also think that it's disadvantageous to call this movie a musical because it really sort of scares off people who aren't musical people. Right. And I don't think that I think that there's so much going on in this film at times that it, it it's really sort of a hard. It, I mean, we talked about this. It's a hard to pin down movie. Yeah. Um. Which I think works to it to its advantages at times mm-hmm. in that everyone can sort of go in and watch something and come away with a different take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also think it works to its detriment in that you're you're it's going to scare off a lot of people who want hard and fast genre lines. You know, yeah, the people who are like, oh, I exclusively consume dramas, or I, yeah. I exclusively consume comics, which ideally we don't do, but. I can understand. Yeah. Some people want to watch something and just be entertained by it. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's one of these, it's, it's definitely a movie that you don't just like, you don't just put on to enjoy. It's like you, I mean, one, it's an investment uh, with your time, Mm. but I mean, if you're, if you're looking for one specific thing, it might have aspects of it, but there are other things that are going to be involved as well. Uh, It's definitely like, um, I was going to say like the music at first kind of I w- like it opens with a musical number uh, or yeah. a, a recording of a song. And I wasn't yeah. really into it at first. Like I was just like, I didn't know going in. I tried to go in as blind as possible to watch this. 
I didn't know that there was going to be sure. like music or as much music as there was. So it was sort of like, oh, like there's going to be a lot of singing, which is fine if I was like prepared for it. But it really kind of appropriately spaces it all out. Uh, like the one scene where there's a lot of singing, like you get you you're aware that it's coming. So it's not like mm-hmm. dropped on you. So it works. Um, but yeah, I would not say that this is like a musical. There's just purely way too much going on. But there are definitely musical aspects to it. Yeah, I think that I think that if you're a big musical person, you should probably watch it mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think that it, I think that it's maybe it's like a very interesting movie. And I think that it is one of those movies that I, I, I don't think a lot of people will have seen anything like it before. Yeah. Um, which is which is interesting. I also, I, I, I sort of, uh, just like how you were saying you weren't really expecting the music, I was also sort of initially turned off because I'm not like a hard and fast, um, like country guy. Yeah. Uh, but there was enough like sort of bluegrassy folk mm-hmm. stuff to get me through some of the earlier stuff. I especially like uh, the first number like absolutely kills me yeah um and i think that there's like sort of an odd um sort of divine provenance when it comes to watching this film at Mm. this particular moment right uh because it's it's you know it's people talking about the sort of odd paranoia of the 1970s and the idea of the sort of disillusionment of that era except now we're we're sitting you know nearly 40 years later and, yeah, and and sort of or over forty years later, yeah. and and sort of attempting to reel and understand that. Yeah, um, well, and it's it's interesting because like, you know, obviously the film is set in like nineteen seventy five or you know maybe early nineteen seventy six, and they're recording yeah. a song about the two hundred year anniversary of America, talking about oh you know we've made it two hundred years, you know what could we possibly be doing like obviously yeah. we're doing something right you know not that. You know, we've never made mistakes, but, you know, we're doing something right here, as opposed to the last scene yeah. of the film where um, they have all these people that are involved in this movie. All 24 characters end up at a populist presidential rally for the replacement candidate uh, talking about how terrible America has like become. There's so many things wrong with it, uh, all the things we need to change, and they all get kind of roped into performing at this rally uh, due to their, you know, uh, responsibilities in the community or uh, favors that they have to they're fulfill. Sort of, uh, yeah. And just sort of failings. As, right. Yeah. And it's just really interesting because it, par- it it just completely parallels like the start. Because like, ob- you know, you watch the movie and um, there's obviously a lot of populist rhetoric. It's literally being blared around uh, by a van <laughs> driving around the city. But, um, you know, all the people involved are, you know, at least most of the main characters are you would I would consider them like fairly patriotic people. They probably don't necessarily agree uh, with the things that uh, the person running for president believes, uh, but they all get kind of roped in and don't really have much of a choice. Uh, but uh, I'd like to get back to the the last scene that you were mentioning uh, just because of like yeah. how crazy it is. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is, uh, this is like one of, I think one of the most sort of, if you don't know what's coming, which I think everyone, ideally you haven't read the, the synopsis of this film and it right. ends up sort of catching you off guard. Um, Barbara Jean's 
death or, or Barbara Jean shooting really is is sort of the the film that I mean this the, Kennedy's assassination is 1963 so this is 12 years later mm-hmm. uh th- this you know it's this is like one of the I mean when was the when was the shooting of John Lennon I'm not sure I think it was early 70s Right. So this is like something that is very present on the modern American's mind is uh, it is. So this is this is before the shooting of John Lennon in 1980. Oh, OK. So um, I was wrong. <laughs> there's some there's some other like I'm trying to think. of. Well, other I mean, things. you know, you have you have uh, Robert Kennedy, uh, JFK's brother. Uh, yeah, there's and, and it, the film. The film discusses the Kennedy assassination mm-hmm. and sort of the idea of this this disillusioned America and this disillusioned South. Um and disillusioned Southern identity, I think, is really um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I am looking. I am now looking at like famous deaths, <laughs> famous celebrity era. deaths, trying to like figure figure out the era. Like, who's mm-hmm. getting killed around this time? Yeah, but no, it's definitely. It was. I, I kind of, you know, I I didn't know that it was uh, that someone was gonna get killed, but I just kind of, it just kind of felt. I had that feeling um, just from going like as the movie went on or at least someone was going to be uh, an assassination attempt would occur. But there's one character who he's always carrying around like a a violin case everywhere he goes. Yeah. Uh, You know, he doesn't have like very much dialogue. He's he's in a lot of scenes, but he really only speaks in about two or three of them. Um, And there's even a scene like where his mother calls him and she's like, why are you in Nashville? What are you doing there? You need to come home. Um, and it's just like, it's just very like kind of surreal, uh, especially, you know, within that era. But I mean, even looking now um, with like the climate and everything, how tense everything is in the country um, for something like that to occur. But um uh, were there anything else about like that scene you wanted yeah, to talk I, about? I, so, so I think that scene is hilarious because you have uh, you have um, uh, uh, Hank Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, who's who sort of serves as like the main. He, he serves as like the driving force in the film, really, mm-hmm. which is the first character. He's the first character introduced to, um, and he's singing like that. That sort of um, that sort of America American centric uh, country western song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's so funny to have him essentially like correct people at the very end of the film as he as as they're after he's been after he's been grazed by a bullet mm-hmm. he proceeds to grab the microphone as people are freaking out around him and is like this is not Dallas yeah which I think is like such a funny dissemination between southern identities mm-hmm. because I think that it's so often we think of the South as like this this singular identity yeah yet there's like various diffusions in the south as to there's you know texan identity there's mississippian identity alabama and and, and like all right. of these like all all of these are distinctly different and and respond in different ways mm-hmm. to things um and i think that, that that goes to show sort of altman's uh discussion and remediation and, and sort of interest in the south mm-hmm. And it's also that uh, as that goes on, he, you know, he's telling everybody this, you know, this is Nashville. We're better than this. Like, you know, it's, you know, everything's going to be okay. And then he's like, someone has to start singing. You know, he starts running yeah. around trying to find someone who will put like perform 
as Barbara Jean is being carried off stage. Um, yeah. And one of the characters who is not super, um, I mean, she's th- she appears throughout the film, but again, doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue, but she's, like I said, uh, when I was talking before about coming to Nashville to make it big, that's what she's doing. She originally in the film arrives at Nashville because she's trying to find a way to perform at a, you know, at an event or maybe a bar and like break it big. And she just kind of walks on stage and then starts performing um, as this hysteria is going on. Um, And it, I feel like it was, it's kind of emblematic of like America's response to tragedies like this, especially like now looking at it. Um, I can't say, you know, back in the seventies, what, how the America approached things like this, but it's, it's become so normal now um, that it's just sort of like people just like it happens and, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like there's the immediate outpouring of like grief and support, but it's just sort of like immediately like right back to normal uh, or, and there's also like sort of the, the active, uh, you know, active effort to kind of, you know, we don't want to talk about it just because how awful it is. And it's just sort of trying to like cover that up. Uh, and it's just really surreal that it ends on like a pretty upbeat uh, number uh, talking about like, oh, they say, you know, the economy's depressed, but I'm not sort of like acknowledging all the issues that America might have. But, you know, I'm an American and I'm fine. And it's just it's yeah, all I- really, really on the nose. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely. I think watching this now is something that is is I, again. I return to saying like it is a very very timely film, and so if you if you listen to this and you hear this, like I would actively seek this film out. I think that yeah. it's an incredible film, and I think that it has a lot to say, uh, and I think that it has a lot of sort of uh, cultural context even now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 kind of hilarious. This this uh, sort of I, I would say at times it's even uniquely southern. This this uniquely southern return to normalcy. Right. This idea that that things bad things happen, but like all we have to do is just act and remain calm, and things will return to normal in time. Right. And yet, like, who is to define the new form of normal? <laughs> yeah. Um. While these systems that that while these systems fail us time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's especially jarring considering that, you know, this is a film from the 1970s. Yeah. So it's 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 amazing to see that some artists are capable of seeing this, you know, now. But it might might also just be indicative of the sort of nature of the American system. It's like the, it unfortunately has always been this way, and it's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I also think it's hilarious the sort of nature of the systems of fame is that like you can watch your you know you can watch a person get murdered on live television or like right in front of you Mm -hmm. and just want to return to normal rather than than finding a a need to sort of combat that system yeah or or, i mean that system yeah like not even getting to that but just to sort of like process what has occurred in front of you like because like you know like normally in like in film when there's like a a shooting or something like that uh obviously one that's like not planned like the the audience or like the whoever is around the scene 
you know, like flees and like runs, but like it just uh-huh. happens and everyone's just kind of standing around, you know, like they just saw a woman yeah. get shot and like, you know, it's just sort of like, no one is like, I mean, obviously people are in shock, but no one is like, you know, running away. I mean, uh, everyone's just sort of like waiting around to get an answer as to what are we doing now? And it's just really like weird to see, um, especially with all the characters that are involved and like, you know, they're all do like, there's like the shooting that happened, but like all these different plot points are all like meeting at this one location. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's just a really crazy good film. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is, it is a, it is a lot to take in. I think the first time you, you see it. And I think it's one of those films that I think to pretty much everyone who watches it will maybe in time require a rewatch. Yeah. Um, I know that for me, it definitely will. And I know that, that I, I feel like a lot of Altman stuff is like that. I, I feel like uh, like even now I want to rewatch Brewster McCloud just to sort of um, watch it. Popeye, not as much. Popeye <laughs> is uh, an interesting little film and definitely one that I think might merit some discussion. But I also think that it is uh, uh, so much. Robin Williams, and that's why I ended up watching Popeye at a young age. But it is a it is a weird movie. Yeah, uh, even now, um, yeah, it's live. It's a live action Popeye, and like Robin Williams is dressed up like Popeye. Okay, so it's kind of jarring. <laughs> that's it's, interesting. It's a little weird. I love Robin Williams, um, but yeah, that doesn't. That sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was that's one of the things that like every once in a while I'll like go try and find Robin Williams movies, and I'll like end up finding like the most weird stuff. Like uh, I I want to uh, like I want to watch Death to Smoochie, which is his film with Edward Norton, mm-hmm. where they play like an alcoholic, um, where he plays like an alcoholic. Uh, version of barney <laughs> it's um that's funny yeah that sounds really he's, funny, a, he's, a, he's a weird he's a weird author like he's a weird creator yeah so i i definitely but but i think altman's stuff is definitely i think he's like a very cerebral director i think that he mm. has a lot going on and he has a lot he wants to say in his films yeah um so i i'm uh but i i definitely think that that nashville is uh I think that it can I think that it might be a little overwhelming for some people yeah I definitely think that it it has a lot to say well I know you know we watched it uh and after I finished it I texted you and I was like you know I want to do this like discuss this but I might need to watch it again before we even start just because I think it was about halfway through the film and I was like oh my gosh like there's just absolutely way too much going on And, and luckily I would say that the film gets better in the second half. It like things sort of start to like, they kind of start to tie them, the, the loose ends start to tie themselves off. Uh, or yeah, you can at yeah, least it, like, you can better understand where they're trying to go with it and it gets less mm-hmm. overwhelming. Uh, but it's definitely a film that if you want to watch it and get all of it, you're probably going to have to watch it again. And I know I will at some point have to revisit it, but uh yeah, I th- I think that the other thing that that you realize is like you s- when they introduce characters, you want to like spend time getting to know the characters, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily what Altman allows you to do. Right. Um, and, and then you begin to as as these characters form and as the story continues, you begin to see like that some characters aren't important, so you don't need to focus your attention on them as heavily. Yeah. Um, like. Like when Shelley Duvall's character is introduced, I'm a huge Shelley Duvall guy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she, uh, so, so when, when Shelley Duvall's character was introduced, my immediate response was to be like, oh, let's be interested in Shelley Duvall. But mm-hmm. her character is essentially one note and is largely used for a single scene, yeah. which is um, sort of the lead up to the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're if you're not necessary, so you don't necessarily need to focus on her or what she's doing throughout mm-hmm. the film. Um, she's more of like a vehicle character. That's the same. That's that's the same thing as like uh, if you look at the list of this movie, you're probably most people now who are into films are only going to recognize three names, which are Shelley Duvall. <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Shelley Duvall, Lily Tomlin. Uh, and uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum literally does not speak the entire film. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say a word. And it, it also um, is, like, it's it's hard to, like, tell that it's him because he's wearing, like, goggles the entire time. He's wearing, like, <laughs> giant sunglass goggles. Because uh, I was initially like, is that Jeff Goldblum? And I was like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum's in this movie. Why is Jeff Goldblum in this movie? And it, I was like, Jeff Goldblum's really young in this movie. Yeah, really. yeah. That was another uh, thing. He had super long hair. Like, he doesn't really look like him, but it's like enough of like you can get enough of his face to kind of pick him out. But yeah, like, like you said, yeah. doesn't talk. He only kind of exists as like a marker of like new events going on. Like you'll just see well, him he's, like he's, riding around on his motorcycle, like on the road. Yeah, and then it just like leads into like the next a, scene. He's literally like a taxi character. Yeah. Like he, he bring at one point in time, he brings characters to a location mm-hmm. because they had to get to that location somehow. Yeah. Well, um, it's like it's like funny because you'll be watching a scene and it'll cut to Jeff Goldblum like getting on his bike and like riding somewhere. And it's just a super short shot. And then he arrives at a location where another group of characters are interacting, but yet he has nothing to do with it. It's really kind of like it's really funny in a lot of ways, but it's just obvious that, you know, he is supposed to kind of help move the story along. Uh, yeah. Which is an interesting way to use a character. As opposed to just like cutting straight yeah, to the scene, they use him. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely think so Altman. Some of Altman's stuff definitely has that quality and has that sort of thought put into it, where it's less about. Uh, he's more of like a storyteller than he is like a a hard and fast director. Like he's mm-hmm. he's way less interested in like, um like like you know traditional directorial cinematography. Like, oh, why don't you? cut from this shot to this shot and do this uh and is instead more interested in like have uh, the it it feels like a it feels like a book yeah it it really like feels like a book it feels like it's something that's adapted from a book Mm -hmm. um yet is not is it is uh, uh, an original script Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i I really enjoyed this movie yeah I, i think that i think that if you're a fan of like that that also if you're a fan of that like um 70s era film and the film stock that was used in sort of american films in the 1970s i think that you'll also be really impressed with how it looks mm-hmm. um i will i watched the 1080p version of it the criterion 1080p mm-hmm. one uh did you watch you watch the same yeah yeah so i i was i was impressed with the color that that particular restoration the color and stuff yeah, like that it, even though i haven't seen the original 35 mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it, it definitely like a good looking movie. Like uh, you can tell that, you know, Altman is like, it's sort of, it, it uh, a lot of his cinematography kind of gives you like scale of the film. Uh, like the shots when like the performers are on stage 
and you get like a behind this like from their back and you just see like the crowds um and just sort of like the way it like it, there's like a lot of like panning shots like where it kind of just drags you around like a scene where you have like pockets of characters like interacting with each other and it's it's yeah. not like a bunch of like hard cuts which is nice um because that can get a little overwhelming but uh yeah the the cinematography is very flowy mm-hmm. it, it, it definitely doesn't it's i think to a lot of to the modern watcher it'll be a movie that's a little bit feels a little bit long yeah like the shots feel very long like i feel like if you did this movie now the scale would be a lot smaller and it yeah. would be it would be more like a uh, you know it'd be like more gritty which is one of the things that i don't wish for in this film yeah it's like i think that i think that the sort of like uh splendor and wonder and like uniquely it's a very uniquely american uniquely 70s film Mm -hmm. so i think that updating this i think that that would be i hope they don't do anything yeah i'm you know generally not a fan of people doing remakes and i couldn't imagine trying to like remake this film as i mean not just as like uh like what they would change uh you know like visually or anything but just the fact that there's really like I mean, there are certain things in the film that, like, don't necessarily, like, work for me, but there's not really any yeah. flaws in it. Like, it, there's nothing, like, yeah, I, there's nothing, like, bad about the movie. So it's, like, I couldn't yeah. imagine trying to change this in any way, because it is such an American classic. Yeah, it is, it is, it is also something that holds up, I think, mm-hmm. really, really well. I don't think you necessarily need to, um, need to feel like this movie needs to be reinvented in any way i also i I particularly love some of the characters in it as well that that don't necessarily get a ton of screen time Mm -hmm. uh were you were you also like a giant fan of opal the bbc oh it was hilarious it was so funny her her character i think really underrated and is such an interesting look at like uh the concept of like intelligentsia and like Mm -hmm. the the intelligentsia and stuff like that where you have this character that is like so traditionally british and so so popular yeah. and so much like an astute takedown of both british both british intelligentsia and american intelligentsia which is like the the, the sort of odd fetishism of western european cultures yeah. and stuff like that well, you never interact with like a like a black man and be like well, where's your boss yeah you know yeah well and it's it's also it, really interesting because like you know, I think, and this is, the, I, I would say is the point, is throughout the film, everyone kind of, you know, it's always like, oh, like, who are you? Where are you from? And then she explains uh-huh. it, and everyone's just, like, skeptical. Like, and, and there are definitely scenes where you see, like, when she's in the, the uh, what is it, the, the, the scrapyard, and she's talking to no uh-huh. one. And it's like, what, who is she? Like, what is she doing? It doesn't feel like she, like, she feels like she's there for, like, ulter- like ulterior motives, but like, I, I really don't yeah, think so, it's so anything the, deeper the, than just like she's supposed to like be funny and obviously a critique of like you said like intellectia. But it's just really funny because everyone's super skeptical of like who she is, what she's doing. She explains herself, but they're still just sort of like, but why? Like, why are you in Nashville? Which I think is also <laughs> yeah. Which I think is also funny because like a, a lot of the times you can like 
you could, I mean, you could ask the the question, which is like, is she actually a correspondent for the BBC? Yeah, or and that was like, I, that some, was my my whole thing is some like, wealthy white chick who's like, just like, uh, and I also to... think that she's like a really. I also think that she's like a really funny, like, subtly racist character. Oh yeah, no, uh, which that's I, which, bad. which like kind of <laughs> killed me. The, the yeah, which like kind of killed me the first time uh, watching this. Yeah, like I, I had to like chuckle. No, like it's. Uh, I mean, just it's a really generally like. Oh god, sorry. I was gonna say it's obviously you know like supposed to be like, you know, some of the, the comedy in the film, but it is like, you know, because she's supposed to be the sort of, you know, she obviously sees herself as sort of, like, above the people that she's around. Like, she's interested in them, but, like, she thinks that she's, like, smarter than all of them. But then she'll yeah, make really, really, like, like offhand, yeah, she'll make offhand racist comments, and they're all just sort of, like, what are you talking about? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And she's just yeah. a weird character, but she was really fun. Like, uh, specifically, like, the, uh, the, the scene in, like, the, the scrapyard where she's, like, monologuing about all these like scrapped cars and trying to like connect it to, you know, the American dream. And like some of the things she said, I'm like, okay, like whatever, like I can kind of see what you're trying to say, but it's, it's just so like silly. Cause it's like, who, like, yeah. who? and it's interesting. Cause she's like absolutely fascinated by like musicians. Um, but like, but for some reason, like she never truly explains like what she's doing there. And it's just, I don't know. She's a funny character probably like easily one of my favorite characters in the movie just because she's just hilarious every time she's on screen yeah she she definitely is like a very interesting character and i think i think it's like uh altman sort of looking beyond the american sphere and trying to see these other characters Mm -hmm. but um i oh you're good i was gonna ask you um i got before i was saying like there's a lot of like sort of populist messaging in the film and i was going to see if you wanted to like touch on that at all because uh, yeah so I, there's I, definitely a lot I think, <laughs> yeah there's there is a lot there's a lot of like uh discussion on populist identity and sort of how do you connect how do you connect a culture that is so built around uh for lack of a better term popularity and stardom with these sort of uh you know populist messages of country music and uh populist identity of a lot of people in the american south mm-hmm. I, I think that it's funny when you compare like some of the some of this like uh you know americentrism and this like population under this populist understanding with like uh, you know like okay you're gonna extol populist values but then you're gonna also like go out and buy the newest record from like your favorite uh your favorite big name singer yeah um which i i think it's funny i think that it i think that altman does a way better job at at explaining and sort of pointing out the hypocrisy than i could ever do so mm-hmm. in to that respect i would probably just say watch the film yeah i think that the film I think that in a lot of ways the film speaks for itself and is just something that you have to have the ideas presented to you mm-hmm. before you watch it or after you watch it even and then you can start to pick stuff up. Yeah. I just uh, it's not it's not a very it's not an exceptionally deep film. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like one of those films that I think needs like thousands of hours of analysis. Uh I, I don't think many movies do. Um yeah. but I think that if you're if you're 
fluent enough in American history and fluent enough in modern modern American history and modern American understanding, you'll be able to pull some stuff out of it and yeah, walk away with a movie that I think feels like it's it feels like its message is pretty succinct and pretty understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, like you said, it's not super deep by any means, but there is definitely like there's a lot of messaging, you know. Uh, but it is just really funny to me uh, the whole like all the populist messaging and then it's you know his one of his campaign managers is doing everything he can to like get all these local celebrities to come out and perform at this rally for him Uh, and there's even scenes where they're like one of the one of the acts that he gets together they're like uh, he's like the campaign manager is asking them will you perform and they're like we're registered democrats like we don't even agree with yeah. what this guy is saying. And he's like, yeah, but like, that doesn't matter. We just need you there to perform. And it's just yeah, sort of like, like well, I'm also a registered Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is, it's... which is just funny to me. Like yeah. that, 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 that whole continuation of just like pre- presentations of populist media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that the film is distinctly socialist or that it has like a distinctly no. socialist bend. Because I, I know some people have criticized Altman as being like, uh, as being uh, like a, you know, one of those figures who like sneaks populist imagery into his stuff. Uh, and and I, I definitely don't know if I necessarily consider this like film like a forgotten socialist masterpiece. No, I don't but, think um, I would. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious I, I think uh, the messaging that he's trying to get across, like he wouldn't have the van with all the megaphones blaring all this messaging if that wasn't relevant but it's not like there's not like deep undertones of like oh uh i think i think almost inherently just because of like everyone's sort of aversion to even be involved with the rally and Mm -hmm. um it doesn't get you never see the the presidential candidate uh you only ever hear his voice i think it's you know i think it's sort of it's less of like a socialist film or like it's not trying to necessarily like raise like class consciousness it's more of just sort of like poking fun at like the irony of like america and sort of like the way that americans view america and sort of more like some more like realistic understandings of like where america is especially like at that time especially uh you know looking at the the watergate scandal which had just occurred um it's it's really uh, it's kind of it's it's funny it's interesting yeah it definitely is a, a funny movie like it definitely has its moments of humor and i think that it is not necessarily i wouldn't consider this movie like a comedy but i i do there were a couple times i did i did chuckle pretty heavily mm-hmm. um and i think that a lot of it is very situational and is very much about like um the the sort of uh american undertones really and like the 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 undertones that get pulled into the film are really interesting Mm -hmm. just like the history of american racism the history of sexism uh you know the the idea of star manufacturing i think that i think Mm -hmm. that there's a lot there to pull from and a lot there to sort of analyze and think about and i think that's one of the things that that really separates the film is that it is i think that it's one of those films a lot of people can go back to and each time take something else out of yeah well yeah because it's not you know there's it's touching on so many different like little topics like something that might happen in like one scene uh but you Mm -hmm. can kind of like take it and have like another full conversation just on like 
not necessarily what occurs in the film, but just sort of like what it's talking about. Um, it's it's yeah. less it's less like trying to tell you, uh, like send a message or like tell you something. It's just more of like thought provoking in a way, because um, yeah. it does touch on like you know it does touch on racism and sexism and um, American I like becoming a star um, and how like all of those things kind of play into uh, each other. Uh, like there's, you know, like, uh, there's a scene with the woman who is trying, she wants to become a singer, but she can't sing. Like she's, you know, it's very apparent that she yeah, has Celine, had like no Celine training. Gay. Yeah. Celine Gay. It's obvious that she's had no training, uh, and people have tried telling her that she can't sing, but she just doesn't really listen to them. Uh, but the, you know, there are scenes where, and then later on, there's a scene where, you know, she's forced to do something that, you know, no one should be forced to do. Uh, yeah, for like an opportunity in an uncomfortable sexual situation yeah, yeah. and then you talk Which about I, I... oh go ahead uh, I think that that's like I think that that's so interesting because it's like a, a sort of uh, an even deeper look into like the star the star manufacturing process which mm-hmm. is just like uh, to what to what to what uh, like to, how do you get here you know what I mean like yeah. how do you get to the point of popularity and stardom uh, and it's it's through multiple vehicles and through multiple avenues that I think that you reach that. Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely, you know, like we've said a million times, there's a lot going on and it's something to, to really like, if you are interested at all in sort of American history, um, American filmmaking and American analysis of like culture, uh, it's definitely a movie that you need to see. Um, I would have liked to say, you know, I can't tell you this now going in blind as we've sort of spoiled everything that goes on in the movie, at least, you know, the main, the main, like the end of it. But um, it's a movie that if you watch and recommend to other people, it's definitely something you want to try to go in as blind as possible, just because uh, I think the end can be kind of telegraphed if you know too much about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that, I think that uh, that's, I I think earlier, if you uh, didn't stop when we, and haven't seen the movie, or really to to no extent, to an extent, just don't care about the movie, um, uh, I think that earlier we said that, you know, hey, you should probably, you should probably stop and listen to the movie, uh, or watch the movie if it interests you, but I definitely think this is a film, even if you have, if you do know the ending, uh, isn't necessarily uh, the biggest deal. I think yeah. that it's really. I think that. I think that there's a lot going on that is worth watching about yeah. the film. If you're if you're more interested in just looking at the themes and um, the commentary that it has, the ending really doesn't have any weight involved. Like it's just sort of like, it's just sort. I mean, it it does have some weight. You know, it is the culmination of all these events, but it won't ruin the experience for you because all the, all the commentary is like so well done and it's so subtle and, um, and it will subtle in some scenes and some not as much, but um, it's still like, you can still get like a, you can still enjoy the film uh, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, definitely, just sort of I like, definitely see why. I definitely see why people call this like an American masterpiece. Because it is, it, it, it has so much going on and it talks about so much and it 
it really is a, a product of the American identity and really a discussion and rumination on that. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to this film? Nah, I think I think I think we both know where we sit on this film and that it's something that we both enjoy and recommend. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think that there's definitely. I think that I think that I would probably give it like a four, four and a half. Yeah. Um. I don't know about you. Yeah. Uh. I. I. Uh, I logged it on Letterbox, but I haven't given like an official rating because I was waiting to do this. But. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like like I said earlier. There's nothing inherently like wrong or bad about the film. Um. It's definitely not the my favorite film I've seen of all time. But from a you know execution standpoint and sort of um, everything that it's trying to say. Uh, it's definitely like a four and a half, like maybe a five, um, just sort of like as an acknowledgement of like what the film is. Um, it's definitely a recommend. Um, like I said, not, you know, the, my favorite movie that I've even seen like this week, but um, it's definitely a really good one. And one that like, I'll be going back to probably like sooner rather than later, just because of like, how fun it is uh, especially like at that halfway point it just really like it just kind of like it just really picks up steam and it's just it gets really fun uh with all the characters yeah i think that this, i could i could see myself like showing this to someone yeah. or like going to a, a screening of mm-hmm. uh I, I don't necessarily i wouldn't I, i'm right there with you i wouldn't necessarily uh, again i'm like in that i'm like in that like four range uh i i I, I think that it is an American masterpiece. Uh, yeah. I think that it, because of what it discusses. Um, but I, I think that the film is uh, for a lot of people going to be a little, going to be, you know, uh, frankly at times a bit boring. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that it might be a little long. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, you have to really enjoy, you, you, you should, if you enjoy country music, I'd probably recommend this. Movie, yeah, definitely. Know? But it's very much, it's very much like something again you have you have uh you have um you have a lot to work with it's got a lot to work with yeah it's definitely uh it's a good movie for sure um probably like a four and a half um but yeah i don't really have much else to say i mean we could keep going on and on but i think we've kind of gotten to the point of what we wanted to say um when it comes to watching this but we're gonna i guess try to make this kind of a regular thing i don't know what our next film will be i'm sure we'll discuss that here soon yeah Uh, i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll come out of that Uh, i think we're gonna probably i think next time around we should maybe look at doing something a little bit lighter yeah i I had no idea (laughs) that this movie was at as it was because here i thought i was gonna uh, when i suggested it i was like oh this will be fun we'll do something um you know we'll do something a little we'll do something a little different we'll do something a little fun and uh yeah. this movie is <laughs> kind of a, little, a heavy little movie yeah um but I it, was, it's definitely i i just know when we were originally planning this i wanted to really talk about like beanpole but like I was like, oh, we should probably wait for that one just because it's so deep and like there's so much going on and it's so long. Uh, but yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> we ended here, up here. We watched the three here. Here we watched a three-hour movie that discusses the death of the American dream. <laughs> uh, so, 
Uh, maybe next time. Maybe yeah, next time. We'll figure but, something but out. But yeah, I definitely think we'll do an episode on bean poles because I, I I enjoyed bean pole as well. Yeah. But uh, I guess that's gonna do it here for us, and uh, we'll see you next time. On camera obscure.